One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that connects you to our guests using the songs that have touched their lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Robert William Green, Jr. Mr. Green graduated from Green Oaks High School in Shreveport, Louisiana, with a full football scholarship to Morris Brown College in Atlanta. He transferred and received a bachelor's degree in religious studies from the University of California, Santa Barbara, and a master's degree in theology from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena. He came to Florida in 2003 and taught 7th grade world geography at Benita Springs Middle School before coming to Florida Gulf Coast University in 2005 as parking services representative and then welcome center representative starting in 2011. If you've ever been to FGCU, Mr. Green is the campus greeter who's usually in the information booth who enthusiastically greets everyone who enters campus, and I do mean everyone. And if you ever stop to get a parking permit or directions, he is sure to tell you that you are his friend. I've waved to him or stopped to say hi during my time away from radio when I needed a parking pass many times over the years, and we're just big fans of his big heart and outgoing spirit here at Three Song Stories, so let's get to his song stories. Hey there, Mr. Green. Well, hello, sir. How are you doing? I am so happy to be in the studio with you, man. I've been driving past you and waving to you for 20 years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I love it. I love it, man. All right. Okay, let's get right to this. So what was the musical background of your childhood? I didn't have much. It was Paul Harvey radio show. Okay. And uh, gospel music and... A little bit more of Motown. Okay. Because I lived in the ghetto then, and you could hear uh, Motown songs all day long. Was there music being played uh, on uh, turntables around you? Was it all radio playing? Was uh, it church music? A little bit of all of that? What was li- going on? A little bit of all of that. The uh, community had a radio station. K-O-K-A. And this was where? This was in Shreveport, Louisiana in the 60s. And uh, we listened to that, and we had church music on Sundays on the radio and uh, Wednesday nights at church. So Hmm. that was pretty much it. I never had a record. I had a transistor once. Oh, yeah, a little transistor radio? Yes, sir. Hmm. And it played out on me, but that was it. What about, like, people playing music on instruments? Was there any of that going around you? You were in Louisiana. It seems like they must have a <laughs> little bit of spirit of music there. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, when I was little, uh, we used to go down the alleys. You know, the houses are built on, uh, on brick stakes up high for the water flow. And, uh, yeah, we heard uh, live bands uh, outside. Mm-hmm. So you had to go under the house or in the alley, and you could hear jazz music and every. Oh man, it was it was great. But then you hear, you know, mom or dad or somebody calling you, and you had to had to go back inside. Had to go back inside. Uh, uh, if you have to go back as far as you can remember, is there an early musical memory that pops into your head? Wow, wow, that would be James Brown. And uh, Papa's got a brand new bank. 
That was it. Yeah. That was it. What was what it. is the memory? Can you yeah. picture what you how you heard it, where you heard it, what it reminds you back to? Well, we were we were we were living then next door to a grocery store. Uh, we called them um, bodegos then. Uh, they were not supermarkets, it's just grocery stores. And it turned into a bar. And it was there that I heard uh, James Brown. Papa's got a brand new bag. And um, that, that was it. It was, it was a song that um, just brought you alive, right? brought, brought the community alive. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How old would you have been around then, you think? Uh, I was seven then. Okay. And that's when I heard it. Hmm. Was that music? Second grade. Is that music that would have been approved by your folks, or was that uh, contrabandish? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, no, you could hear it, but you couldn't bring it in the house. So it was, it was that had that limitation to it. Understood. Understood. (laughs) Do you remember the first music you owned, a record or something? No. No? I didn't buy records. Oh, no? We wouldn't, uh, no, we, we weren't allowed to buy records. Or bring them in the house. We didn't have a stereo. We right. didn't have a, a record player. Right. My friends. What about later? You know, and got into high school and college and stuff like that. Well, no. <laughs> then I was into school and uh, church, football, basketball, and I wasn't, I just heard music. I, would, I never really, um, Engaged into singing. In fact, in the seventh grade, uh, I went had a music uh, class, music appreciation class band, and the band instructor gave me a tuba. Okay, and I'm like, no, man, I'm not gonna be playing around no big tuba around here. <laughs> so I went in and got into home economics. Oh, really? Would you like to do a little sewing, a little pie baking? Well, <laughs> yes, the baking part is good because it's food, man. I love food. <laughs> uh, but I, um, I, what do you call it? I followed a girl into the cooking class. I did that too. Oh, you know you're my <laughs> friend, but I learned how to cook I better did, than they did. I did that in seventh grade, and the reason I said baked any pies is because I was we. she was my cooking partner, and we were taking an apple pie out of the oven, and I was distracted, and we dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're my friend. Robert were, Robert, were there any other boys in the class? Because uh, you had a class of girls. Because back then, it was probably no, less. Yeah. No, I was the only one. And that was good for me. <laughs> good odds. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, uh, you played football in high school because you got a scholarship, right? What, yes, sir. What was, your, what was your place on the football team? What, 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 what position do you play? I played wide receiver. Okay. And I was pretty fast and 170 pounds, and I could catch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we, um, Benjamin uh, and I, the quarterback and I, were number one in passing and receiving yards mm. for quite a while. Mm. And uh, then I got my, I had a, a hamstring pull, uh-huh. and that dropped us down. Huh. Uh, did your football team, did the school have a, a, a big band? You mentioned they had. A, they tried to get you to play it too, but did they have much of a marching band or a musical presence at the football games? Yes, Green Oaks did, but this was in um, what we call 
junior high. Okay, yeah, yeah. School. Middle school, they call it yeah, these days. That's when, here. yeah. Gotcha. That's when they gave me the tuba in the seventh yeah, grade. Yeah. But no, we had a band, and it was a good band. It was a good band. So we, uh, back in the, let's see, 1967 in junior high school, there was a whole lot of fights during the football games. Right. Because they traveled to the other schools. Right, right. And they finally uh, eliminated that, and you had to play at the, at the fairgrounds or some neutral place. Oh, interesting. So, hmm. Um, okay, well, it is time to move on to your first song and to either hear a story or listen to the song and then tell the story. You get to pick. I'll tell the story first. Okay, what do you got? What do you got? <laughs> well, it's uh, Change is Gonna Come, and this is 1963, third grade. Now, this is the summer before I went to school in September. In August, I went to an all-white church on Sunday, and I was refused admission. Hmm. The, the gentleman was nice. He, um, he asked me my name. And back then, everyone knew my family, the Greens or the Jacksons. Now, I'm the firstborn of the firstborn of the firstborn daughter of Ed and Albert Jackson. Right. So, so you're, 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 yeah, you're yeah. the firstborn of two known families. Yes, sir. Roger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, <clears throat> he asked me my name. I told him. And then he said, well, why don't you go to a church where people look like you? And I said, well, there's none near me. You're the nearest church to my house. And um, he said, okay, well, you just find one and go to it. And I said, yes, sir. He was kind. I said, yes, sir. That happened then. And then in, let's see, about three weeks later, the barber, see, I used to work, shine shoes. Oh, man, I had my shoe shine. So I was, a sh- I cleaned up the barber shop and did all of that. So I told, I told him about my experience that Sunday. And he said, well, you can come to my church. Well, okay, this is late August. And to get to his church, you had to get on three buses. So I'm traveling from my house to the first bus stop, and three white cops stopped me, put me against the wall, and did, said the N-word and did all of that. And uh, then I went on to church. And uh, my parents were 20, 27 at the time. So... Sam Cooke was coming to town in October 1963, and there was a bunch—we didn't have telephone—I mean, uh, yeah, we didn't have telephones back then, so everyone communicated. Yeah, yeah. But what? So that was, a, that was a highlight, his coming. Well, um, he was going to Holiday Inn North, and that's where my aunt worked as a head short cook. Okay. And he was denied admission to the hotel. Hmm. So that was the first experience. And um, in November 22nd, 19, John F. Kennedy died. So that those experiences there, uh, this song, uh, Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, is very relevant and personal to me. Hmm. So. Did you did you remember hearing it back then? Uh yes, only later. Right, right. Uh 
But it, but it connects you back to those yes, series of events. Yes, sir. It brought me back firsthand to those and, and kept them in my memory. Hmm. Well, let's listen to it together. Yes, sir. All right. This is uh, A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, released in 1963. What are you feeling when you're listening to that? Sad, depressed, and uh, encouraged at the same time. There's a... A lot of work has been going on to make this country a better. And I'm a United States veteran. I know that veterans made it better. And I don't see why we can't uh, treat one another with mutual respect. Uh, I come from a family of uh, ministers and educators, and we've, uh, we've done our best, and we will continue to do that. So I... I studied it when I was um, in college, and I found out that uh, we don't know how to repeal laws because when Nat Turner uh, killed all those white people back in 1800s, there was a fear. And I talked to my... um, my psychologist friends and, and those uh, neurosurgeons. And um, the dominant culture still has a fear because they mistreated people so poorly. and um, But the heart doesn't deal with fear. It deals with love, man. So we're allowing our, our brain, our intellect to, and the brain's primary function is to stay alive. That's why we have that, that what do you call it, um, fight or flight mm-hmm. uh, mentality. So uh, if we can um, somehow allow the heart to override the brain, I think we'll be all right. Is that what we all feel when we drive past you and Yes, sir. See you. That, that is exactly. You feel all hard there, baby, because, you know, it doesn't. my experiences are so diverse and with people and attitudes and behaviors that I just open up. And when people come up to, well, you see me waving, number one, or saying hello when I'm not busy, but when you come up, man, it's just a, a lively energy. It's like... You know, you got to have a a gut feeling, a heart feeling when you say hello. Now, because I got degrees in theology, I know that when Adam met Eve, he didn't say hello. He said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, which is, uh, uh, well, it's a a disgrace, no one, because you're not recognizing another human being. And... It, it doesn't allow the other human being to exchange histories and cultures. For instance, if he had to say, hello, how are you? Then that uh, greeting and the question would allow an exchange of uh, histories, cultures, and experiences, and you wouldn't have known who the person is. So that's what I do. When you come up, it's, a, hello, how are you? And I mean it because... You know, if I didn't have other people in the world, I wouldn't know that I'm a person. There's a thing, um, 
they call it something um, where if you Tarzan, for example, okay. if you raise a bunch of apes, you're going to think you're an ape, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so if we... If we somehow allow like, our like, heart. Like imprinting? Yes, that's it. Imprinting. He's our extra brain. Yes. <laughs> you know you're my friend. That's it. It's imprinting. That's what, that's what the uh, professionals call it. That's it. Now, do you, do you see that coming back from people a lot? Because I imagine that, you know, by and large, people are used to pulling up to, to a, a, you know, a guard hut or a, a gate hut or a welcome you know, building yeah, just like getting that. sort of a very formal. Yeah, and then I know that you know, I mean, for people who haven't been to the university here and and met you and seen you, you know, they might imagine that maybe you're just maybe you smile or that you like wave a little, but like you really do come out with like a big grin and a welcoming attitude and posture, and it's very apparent that what you're saying here is how you approach people. Do you see people responding in kind usually to that? Yes, that's affirmative. That's because now they're not inhibited by their perceptions yeah now it's like okay this man is for real yeah. <laughs> and that, that that leads me to the next song <laughs> but yeah <laughs> we'll get there in a second <laughs> he's for real he's honest he's genuine he's really saying hello and you know there's no script yeah so it doesn't matter what your background or how you're feeling that day. Some people come up and they really have a bad day at home, at work, or traveling, just driving. So it's not, when, you, when you properly greet a person, you can relieve them of their um, stress or, or, or their discomforting. Right. Well, I I will say for sure that I remember the first time I came through and met you and felt that and then came in here and said, who's the guy? And then, oh, you haven't <laughs> met him yet. And so, you know, yes, so, so cheers to what you are and do there. And I believe it's God's sin. So uh, my grandmother taught us all to treat people like you want to be treated. Mm. Now, she's going on to heaven, so I don't want her coming back whooping me if I don't <laughs> do my job. <laughs> uh, do you ever listen to music there in the booth? I've always kind of uh, wondered yes. what you do in there when, when, when you're not smiling. And the, and, yes. <laughs> well, you're probably smiling even when there's not someone there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yes, I listen to uh, jazz. Oh, yeah? Classic jazz. Hmm. Like, uh, uh, like on a CD player in there? or, or what's uh, No, your, it's on the computer. The, oh, the okay. People on there. Pull up, pull up Pandora. Yeah, or that's oh, it. Yeah, that's okay. it. Pull up Pandora. And, and it's Paul Hardcastle. Okay. You know, and all now the, I know. And, and, and all <laughs> cool and clean and all the jazz, you know. Oh, um, are you a singer? No. No? I can't sing. I couldn't dance. Okay, that's another question. No dance. <laughs> and <laughs> and I hurt my knee in college football this first year. So Is that why you wound up transferring? Yes. Yes. And uh, so, no, I can't even dance now. And I definitely can't sing. So you probably, it's fair to say, have never done karaoke. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very, very true. Have you seen much live music in your life? No. No? No. Uh, let's see. I saw in the military, at the Air Force Academy, I believe I saw the, the jazz trumpeter. What's his name? Some tip on my tongue. But several else guys went to see him, and I think that's about it. Um, it's from New Orleans. I, I know his name. 
I can't remember it though. Richard, New Orleans trumpeteer. Uh, uh, oh, was it just we just with Connie Jones? No, no. no. Um, 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 we just the Fort Myers Film Festival led with a movie. I think that stars. His, uh, look up Fort Myers Film Festival opening night. Okay. Um, I, I run a film festival. We had a jazz great from New Orleans who came and was there was a movie about Leroy Jones. No, no, oh. no, I no. Be See, I have to go through the <laughs> alphabet when I when I forget I, <laughs> because I had a I had a brain operation in '88, and they told me that the, the later on, the older I get, the the, the worse it gets. So my memory, I have to say, A B C. Wait for something to trigger. Yes, huh. yes, and uh, I believe it starts with a C. And I'll think of it. In, in okay. Well, if, if it pops back up, we'll okay. we'll get there. Right. Um, uh, um, uh, do you buy music at all? Like no. records? So that's not a thing. Never have. Never have. Never have. Is it Cootie Williams? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, let's <Sorry>. see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doc Doc Cheatham. Uh, more 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 later than uh, more recent. More recent than Louis Armstrong. More recent than Louis Armstrong. Well, while he's still looking, um, uh, I don't know if you ever go downtown Fort Myers, but on Thursday nights, there is a jazz quartet that plays at a little bar down there. It's a free show. They play every Thursday night, and all four of them are world-class players. And I'm not saying one of them played with the Saturday Night Live band for 20 years. One of them played with uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s band for 20 years, and they just get up there and play. The other one's the um, uh, the professor of jazz studies here at FGCU, Brandon Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. plays down there every Thursday night. You should go down well, there and check look, it out. Look out. You know you're my <laughs> friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's move on to song number two. Number two, Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing. And why is it? Well, I went downtown Shreveport, Louisiana when I was 13 that summer. And I saw... This young girl coming out of Zales Jewelry. I wish our listeners could see your face. (laughs) (laughs) Man, oh man. She was fresh, clean spoke, proper, dressed. Oh man. She she had on a blue dress, a light uh, colored blouse, and uh, she was she was just she was just sweet and angelic. I went, it's not lustful. It was just, she was just angelic. And then I spoke to her. I said, hello, how y'all doing? And I knew she wasn't from the South. She was from the North because they're more proper. And, but she was free enough to, to engage in a conversation and that type of thing. So um, they were in a rush because their parents were going to pick them up at another location downtown. So I didn't have enough time to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And, man, I had on my Converse All-Star sneakers. I had on my Levi Strauss jeans, nice belt, polo. I know I look good, but she <laughs> looked good, too. So she was interested. And um, that was it. I never—I said hello, and I said, well, where are you from? Because she sounded different. And she said, Philadelphia. I said, man, I need to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> but um, I never got a chance to speak to her again. Really? That's it. And that was, I believe, the love of my life, man. Uh, it was it was just clean. It was just, it, it was there. And um, 
I think God has something to do with that, too. So I would go home. I was living with my grandmother at that time, and I was moping around. Yeah. My grandmother said, boy, what's wrong with you? I said, Grandma, I met this girl downtown, and she's from Philadelphia, and I won't see her again. And I remember what my grandmother said. She said, you got to meet some more. Well, <clears throat> boy, did I meet more uh, later. But that one, <laughs> that one stayed in my mind. Clearly. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, here we are. All the time. And uh, Did you even get her name? Yes. Her name was Deborah, like the Bible, like the judge, Deborah in the Old Testament. Hmm. That's all I remember. Hmm. And so that feeling let me know that love is real. It can be real. And it doesn't have to have all these uh, negative attachments to it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just pure in itself. That's what I'm trying to, and that's what I felt. That's what I felt about it. And so, you know, later on in life, my dad died and at, when I was 15, and my great grandf my great grandfather died seventy um, three right before I graduated. So I know that you know how you could love your mother, your grandfather, your dad, all different, sort of, but the underlining thing is really love, you know. And with her, with, with the, the, the girl I met downtown, there was no experience other than that one. It was not like she tried to make it, a, or I tried to make it one. It was just yeah. there. Yeah. So, so where's the song come into that story? Well, ain't nothing like the real thing because I've been to California. I got 20 years old. I got a scholarship to California. And, man, there, everything. I mean, girls were approaching me. Taking me out, and now, man, it's like another another world. So Jesus, I, had, I wish listeners could see your face now too. <laughs> I, I had to slow down, man. Things were moving so fast, and there, there wasn't uh, any discrimination. You know, white girls were coming, you know, and all. Huh. And I'm going like, wow, this is really, really wow. So after a while, you know, you get caught up. And running, ripping, and running is what my grandmother used to say. Don't be ripping and running, you know. Find some stability. So after that, I knew what the experience was when I felt in 1968. That's when I uh, that that record came out. Uh, Marvin Gaye. They had a lot of hits, but that one uh, came out when I was 13. And uh, I remember that. And every time I hear it, I remember the experience I had in downtown Shreveport. Hmm. Because it was the same place where this white church was at the top of Texas Avenue. The same church from the— Yes, right. ab absolutely, that I got rejected from. So it was down on the east side. If you can imagine— the Red River that separates Oklahoma and Texas, it comes over into Louisiana right after the city of Shreveport and then connects with the Mississippi 
and goes down to New Orleans. Well, I was born by a river, the Red River, and Charity Hospital, Shreveport, in 55. So I met her downtown at Zales, and uh, and the church experience was there, too. So it all... It's just different times of the year that the releases came out. Well, let's listen to it, and and you can go back there one more time. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe Deborah will hear this podcast. Oh, 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 oh one <laughs> other thing. You know, I sent a love letter to Philadelphia. Just sent it to Philadelphia? With the, with the main zip code. Care of, of dumb luck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Okay, well, right. this is uh, Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing by Marvin Gaye and Tammy, is it Terrell or Terrell? Terrell. Tammy Terrell, released in 1968 as the B-side of the single Little Old Boy, Little Old Girl. Now, this one's for you, Deborah. <laughs> when was the last time you listened to it? Wow, this afternoon. <laughs> I called call my brother down in Texas, and everybody's doing well, and he was listening to something. And I said, man, I need to be there. You, we listen to old songs when I go to his house. And uh, I said, man, I'm finna pop in. Ain't nothing like the real thing. And then I told him I was coming over here. So, Does he know the Deborah story? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. did that love letter say? Well, I miss <laughs> you. It said a whole lot, man. I um, had you ever written a love letter prior to that? No. Oh no. No. I that, didn't, didn't that, figure. That was, that was the first one, and uh, of course, I started it out with, uh, you know, hello. I trust that this letter finds you in, in good health and pleasant surrounding, and um, I just hooked it to the Bible. I just said, well, you know, and I don't know what what happened. You know, the post office gets these things, and they probably put it in someplace. Yeah. I was just hoping, as you would put a a, a bottle, a nail, a letter in a bottle. Yeah, and throw it out it was, to sea. Yeah, that eventually it would come back. But it stayed with me, so. Yeah. You know. Isn't that amazing how that works with, with memories and music and all that stuff? Yes, sir. That, you know, here we are and there you are. And now when I hear that song next time, I'm going to be there with you and <laughs> here right. with you and that's all those things. See, that's what I mean by it must be some divine quality to this because you and I did not self-create ourselves. There's something else going on. And uh, so, yeah. I, I think it's angelic. I think it's magical. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that and with us. Won't. I really, that's one of my favorite. We've had a lot of song stories on this show, and that's, <laughs> that one right there is a good one. Um, uh, so what did you do in order to get to these three songs, like in your head? Or, or what was, like, how did you work through the process of choosing just three? Uh, I compare the songs. See, the songs relate to something else. And they can relate to even a greater something else. So that's how I, I just eliminate it. See, some songs are just right there, and that's it. Well, you eliminate those. Right. And the ones that have a greater meaning, a greater greater uh, significance to it, then that, that's how I came up with those three. And lo and behold, it's my experience. It's my life. That's what I really did. So 
that's how it was uh it was a symbol and i never will forget hmm um, uh, you know, do you say, so it says you don't really buy much music or anything. No. So I, I have questions like your favorite album. You do you have any favorite albums, or that's not even music's never gone that far into your concrete world. No, no, there are a lot of songs that I like. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, man. Different. Um, For instance, well. Uh, <laughs> For instance, what's this, uh, Sailing? Christopher Cross? Yes, that's right. That's right, man. Sailing, take uh, me away. That's right. See? (laughs) That's right. I want want the Lord. I want to go. I want to fly. And that goes, the second one would be, well, another one would be the Commodores. Okay. Um, Just to be close to you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I see Zoom. Mm-hmm. All of that, and then you got some other songs, uh, such as um, I don't know, man. When I hear them, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I can. Do you, are you listening to music when you're driving around in the car? Oh yes, oh yes. What stations are you on then? I'm on uh, one on one point nine. Mel and Scott in the morning driving to work takes me about thirty minutes to get here. So, Where do you live? Do you live south or north? Uh, north. Okay. Fort Myers. Oh, you live in North Fort Myers? Well, no. Or, you live in Fort Myers. In Fort Myers. Are you so from? That's a, so that's a gate. That's Gator Country. That's a country station. Yes, it is. There's only two musics around, brother, and that's country and jazz. <laughs> I grew up with. I grew up with jazz, so you know, country was right there. I grew up in the country, all city, Louisiana, man, uh, right around uh, Kettle Lake. And so we've been we've been talking about a lot of lot of jazz and then a lot of um, R and B. Um, what what are some like big country songs for you, or or artists? Well, I have to hear them first, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it don't work what, that way. That don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh man, uh, what's the guy that made the movie? Number one country, uh, Black Hat. They love. Movie, what's his name? He's the number one. Johnny Cash? No, 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 no. no. You're out of my genre here, so you're it, you're closer <clears throat> than I am. You call his name, and I'll, I'll I'll know what it is. But I can listen to country songs, and they go back. So um, what there is, are so many wearing yeah. black hats here <laughs> that I'm searching. Sure. But he the, he's been around a while. He's had more than straight straight. What's his name? Johnny Straight. His last name is Straight, S-T-R-A-I-T. Oh, there are people pulling their hair out about listening to this right now because well, yeah, Mike no, and I uh, know so uh, little that, about that. No, well, that, no uh, even that rings a bell with me. Um, yeah. um, A-B-C. George Strait. George Strait. That's, That's what it. it is. That's it. That's it. That's um, it. Are you familiar, if you live in Fort Myers, are you familiar with 93.3 The Tiger? Yes. Okay. Because I live right near downtown, and I love that station. Okay. That's one of the stations that I listen to, because they play All just right. everything. They're, yes, they're the only station I can find that plays songs that I don't know all the time. You know what I mean? Like, right. They play right. songs. It's like, wow, I, this sounds, I can tell what era it's from, yes, but it's it. never hit my ears ne- before. Yeah. And every other radio station just wants to play what they think you want. Right. You know what right. I mean? I got you. I so, got you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. And in the afternoons, it's, um, what's his name? It's Intelligence for Your Life, uh, 106.3. 
Richard's on it. I can see. I'm reading about George Strait. <laughs> he's a he's prolific. This is like a like thirty albums or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tesh. Oh, John Tesh. John Tesh. Business for life. Okay, I didn't so, know that was the name of his show, but I'm yeah. certainly familiar with him. Yes, sir. Huh. So, JPT is uh, uh, Sunny 106.3. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to music around the house? No. 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 Do you listen to talk radio at all ever? No. 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 Not your thing. No. Hmm. I don't even have a. A record player or anything. Don't have, don't have a way to do it? No. Okay, it is time to move on to your third song. All right. <clears throat> God is trying to tell you something, and that's church, old gospel song. At age 13, just before going to live with my grandmother, I had a religious experience. And, you know, the, the bright white lights, and I saw what I believed to be a face of God. Um, and so I I know I was, I first of all, when I got there, I went and I laid across the bed. It was made up. I was just tired, mm-hmm. and I just fell asleep, I guess, and... There it was. And so I was probably in a deep sleep is what some of my professional people tell me. And um, I saw that, and I said, well, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Because I was raised in church, and all my folks were church-going folks. So uh, that's what I did. And that's how I know that. We can love one another, but we have to realize that it's a heart thing and not a brain thing. Now, I went from there, from Louisiana to California, to the military, out, got my master's degree, and been all over, had a brain operation in 88, um, everything. So he's led me here, and that's... And, and, you know, you need a special type of person to be at the front of an organization. Mm-hmm. Now, I was at the front of the Air Force Academy at the South Gate, saluting and waving everyone coming in, mm-hmm. airmen, civilians. So all the way back then. Yeah, all the way back then. Huh. And um, so I know God is, is, has a, a big influence in my life and been directing me. And that's how uh, I know he's been trying to tell me something. And that's why this song is this song, because it's called that. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly right. And so God can speak to us if we listen and open our hearts and we can hear. We can do the right thing, man. I mean, there's a lot of, the saying is, is cliche, do the right thing, but... You know, God is righteousness, and, and we can do it. And I know we can. I got a great faith. And that's why I'm working hard to try and get a mutual respect policy on this campus. Because I know we can mutual respect them. Because I've done it. Mm-hmm. And so I know that it can be done. All right. This is uh, God is Trying to Tell You Something from the, the soundtrack to The Color Purple, released in 1982. 
What's that make you feel? Because it looked like it made you feel all sorts of things. Yes, you went sir. through several different places, <laughs> as far as I could tell. Uh, it's just uh, soul searching. And, uh, you know, in, um, I believe it's First Samuel, where Eli, the priest in the Bible, Samuel is his apprentice. And Samuel heard voices. They were going to sleep. And uh, Samuel heard voices calling to him, Samuel, Samuel. So he went to Eli. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. And he did that three times. And the third time, uh, Eli, the priest, told him, um, next time you call, just say, yea, Lord, speak, Lord. And that's the origin of the song. Mm. So we have to listen to God when he's speaking to us. And yea, Lord, here I am. Speak, Lord. Talk to me. So then we, uh, and those are, those are the changes I was experiencing while I was looking at it. You know, sometimes we get busy and uh, t- doing nothing, really, and um, in our lives because we're trying to, I don't know, keep up with the Joneses. We're, we're trying to do certain things to make livelihood instead of concentrating on life itself. And so when we start to concentrate on life itself, we start to appreciate one another a whole lot better, man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's what uh, I was feeling after all these years, you know, even from youth that I can remember. My grandmother made ice cream out of the snow when I was about three or four in Louisiana. <laughs> and it rarely ever snows yeah. in Louisiana. yeah. All right, and we had fresh cow milk and um, sugar cane, everything, and it was good. But nowadays, you can't. The rain is yellow; it's green or something, right? It was raining just the other day, and I'm going like, no, this is not pure. We had, uh, we could catch rainwater and drink it, but you can't do that anymore. You, you you can't. So those type of things, right there. I know it's a, a scientific environmental. But if we start to listen to God, we will treat the environment even better. You know, mm-hmm. we we got into so much production and st- that we we lost the value of things. So that is what I was going through when I was listening to it. That song, um, you know, it goes back obviously way further than the movie The Color Purple. Yes, it did does. you listen to that song? Did, were you hearing that song growing up? Is that yeah, a song? Yes, sir. Did, then did you see the movie The Color Purple when yeah, it came out? Yes, and so sir. what was that like to have that show up there and to tie that all together? I started crying, man. Tears rolled down my eyes when I heard the song because uh, the lady in the the movie was going down the wrong path for a long time, separated from her family. And her father was a minister at the church in the movie, Color Purple. Mm -hmm. And and so you have this comparison to, um, to the lady that lost her two kids and they went to Africa and all that. But she was singing at the, what well, we call it a Jew joint. Mm-hmm. 
all right, mm-hmm. blues or something. And she heard the choir in the church start to sing. Well, that's the song she was singing when she was a child. Mm-hmm. And when she heard it, she couldn't sing the, the blues anymore. She started walking toward the church and singing it. And the movie was so great, man, that her singing the gospel song overrode the lady in the church singing the gospel song. So the church was that was that was revolutionary when God when you allow God to to overcome all these other things we can do the right thing. This might sound like a strange question but it's what we ask all our guests toward the end of the show but what would your 14 or 13 year old self who you were then think about who you are today? He's think he's a great person. Really because you've gone through a whole lot of adversity, challenges, and setbacks, man. I mean, I had a brain. I could have, you know, I had a traffic act. I couldn't have been here. Yeah. And somehow the saving grace allowed me to be here, even today. So that 13-year-old would say, keep on going, keep on doing what you're doing because you did it when I was 13. When we were 13, you did it, Mr. Green. You did it. So just keep on doing it. So that that, that gives me encouragement. And even when I hear these songs and see people come up, they're all frustrated, angry, and mad, and then they turn to cheer in seconds. And I know that because I got a clock on my computer. Uh And it takes less than 12 seconds. Actually, it takes less. It's two and a half seconds for those people to change their whole behavior when they come up because God has given me some kind of spirit or something to do what I'm doing. And he's made a a career out of it. Yeah. When I think back, I was waving back in rural Louisiana, man, from a country road, dirt road, to folks driving by on on a real road, and then I'm go to the Air Force Academy. I'm waving there, and I'm still doing it right today. Hmm. And you're gonna keep on doing? I'm gonna keep on doing it, brother. I'm not stopping because I think there's a. If you stop, I think I'll spiritually die. Hmm. Well, we hope you keep doing it. Yes, sir. For a very long time. Absolutely. Uh, Richard, yeah. God, Richard raising his hand. Yeah, I just I wanted to say uh, before we let you go that uh, I I think. Uh, Robert, that you are absolutely like a positive force here on campus. And um, today, you know, when you walked in, you're, you saw me, you waved, you said, hello, my friend. And then you asked me how Zoe was. Right. And, you know, we've, we've known each other across maybe, what would you say, a dozen 30-second, yes. you know, increments. Yes, sir. Over, over a decade. That's and right. and my daughter's only left for like half of those. So really, over three minutes, mm-hmm. you you remembered my daughter and her name, and immediately drew it up. And your ability to do that and to be genuine in a way that is like uncanny yes, is special. Right, and thank you. Like, I, I am so happy that you are right up the street every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're my friend. I know Absolutely. You, you know you're my friend, too. Yes, oh, sir. Okay. Well, that is all the time we have. Do you have any final thoughts to leave us with? 
just mutually respect one another and keep that at the forefront, and we can do it if we allow our hearts to do it. Well, uh, we are all for that, too, so thank you so much. And you're welcome, sir. We make three song stories at the WGCU studios in Fort Myers on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University. Mike Canary is the host and co-creator. Richard Chinqui is the co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. And our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Our parting tune this week comes from episode 19, Ernesto Lasa de la Vega. Think of a, of a farmer who has been struggling with everything, and so he's, he's hoping for this. Because sometimes we take it so for granted, mm-hmm. you know, all these crops that comes out of it, but somebody's actually sweating out there to right. do with that. And then, so this is a, almost like a, a hymn of, of hope for all those farmers who are being working so hard. And what he's hoping is that as easy as the rain comes down, well, they, they will be collecting coffee right. for us to drink and so easy how we'll be we wish that will happen. I hope it will rain coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what's it called? This is called Ojalá que llueve. Café en el campo. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. Uh, I just remember he left his glasses there after he left, and I grabbed them, and I ran out to the elevator. I was like, hey, Bono, Bono, you forgot your glasses. And the selfish side of me always wishes. I'm like, man. You could have had Bono's glasses. Just, he could have got another pair. And he, I, had a, he had three <laughs> pairs in that jacket, and you exactly. know it. <laughs>